Creativity alone just won't cut it. The C Word is a podcast about when creative meets business. You're in a place for designers who want a creative business in which they're valued. Great client relationships, work to be proud of, and the moolah to show for it. All with your sanity and creative mojo intact. Join me, Beck Hughes, your creative business cheer squad, for weekly chats to inspire and spur you into action. Let's challenge the BS, the shoulds, the fads and the FOMO and find what works for you. Total transparency of pricing on your website can feel a little bit like going out in public in just your undies. For some reason, you feel quite vulnerable, a little bit maybe a lot exposed, But as a designer, should you put your prices on your website? It's a really common question. I see it asked all the time. And the ultimate answer, as with just about everything in business, is it's up to you. My only point on the subject would be, if you don't share your pricing openly, ask yourself why. Is there a solid business reason or is it something else? In this episode of The C Word, I'll touch on my own changing, evolving perspective on this. And I'm going to come at it from a slightly different point of view. I'm not going to preach about why you should, in inverted commas, do it. I'm just going to break down the reasons why you might not want to do it. And just give you some food for thought on those reasons. So like I said, I've changed my mind on this one over the years. Coming from an agency background, there's not a single agency I've worked at that have their pricing on their website, certainly not the bigger agencies. They just don't do it. So in evolving my own business, I I just didn't do it by default either. It actually didn't even occur to me to put my pricing on my website. In fact, like I said in the introduction, I felt very vulnerable. It felt like a very vulnerable thing to do. You know, what if people judged me for my pricing? What if my peers saw it and talked about me and my pricing behind my back? Over time, though, I did start to realize I was spending a lot of time on calls with people who either couldn't afford me or who didn't want to pay what I was charging. And I invested a lot of time doing bespoke proposals for those people. And it was all a big, fat waste. So as I said at the start, I want to tackle this from the perspective of the reasons that you might be feeling not to do it. And to see if any of them really stand up to scrutiny. And as I also said, this is up to you. I'm only here to share my experiences and the rest is your choice. My only strong recommendation is that you should, air quotes, have a process that gets your pricing in front of a potential client before you dedicate any time to discussing a project with them, like a discovery call, for example. I refer to my previous aha moment in which I realized I was just wasting a lot of time doing that with people who were never going to be able to afford or want to pay my fees. So, radio. the number one reason not to have your pricing on your website, or at least available for download, 
And this isn't number one in order of priority, by the way. This is just number one in order of what I'm going to talk about. So the first reason is that your competitors will see your pricing. But what's the risk in that, actually? That they can match your prices. They might judge you for what you charge. They might undercut you, perhaps, charge less than you. Now, firstly, the goal is that your clients don't just make a choice on price. So when price is similar, they do look at other factors. And that's a great place to focus your energy. Because when price is the only point of comparison, standing out becomes very hard. So if everyone's comparable on price, but there's nothing else, no value signals, then it does become a price decision. But if you're priced in a similar way to your competitors, but you're really focusing on value and your value, then you really don't need to worry about the pricing factor. If your competitors are the same as or cheaper than you, it doesn't mean that they are you. (laughs) The right clients will be choosing you for other factors beyond price, hopefully. And if they're not, maybe they're actually just not the right client in the first place. As to whether those competitors will judge you, how can I put this? So what? (laughs) In fact, I think they're unlikely to judge you. But they might make a judgment call on your prices and think, wow, look how confidently Becky is pricing her work. And maybe that confidence will rub off and you're having a hand in elevating the value of the industry as a whole, which is a really positive thing in my opinion. Or maybe they'll think, look at Becky undercharging. She should value herself a lot more. Either way, what your competitors think will have no bearing. I promise you, it will have no bearing on your business success or failure. The second reason that I hear and I have said to myself is it will put people off, which is a little bit weird when you really think about it, because if they're going to be put off, that's going to happen at some point in the process. The only question then is how much time will you have wasted before you get to that point? And really the goal should be to waste as little time as possible to allow that prospect to make a decision of whether or not they can afford you. And only they can make that decision. You can't make that decision for them. I think there are four types of people when it comes to your pricing. There are those who just can't afford you. Everyone does have a pricing ceiling. And it's better to be transparent about that and let those people self-select. If they really can't afford you, that is something outside of your control. And it's not something you really should want to control. Then there are those who don't want to pay your fee. They just don't see the value in it. And it's actually a good thing to weed those people out early too and exclude the tire kickers. Because if they don't value you outside of what you charge, then it's unlikely it will feel good working with them. It won't be a great working relationship from the outset. There are those who have an unrealistic expectation, but they can and they will adjust that expectation based on strength of desire. There's a starting point of what they think they should pay. The price assumption, if you like. Well, I want these things and I assume it's going to cost me this. And usually that assumption 
is based on no more than what they want to pay. And then they do their research and that often gets adjusted based on what they desire. People always start out thinking they can get what they want for their assumed budget when there's no context to suggest otherwise. So I'll give you an example of this. Have you watched the show Location, Location, Location? I'm a bit obsessed because I'm obsessed with anything house hunting, property, renos related. That show involves two real estate experts that help people buy a new home. And those people always think they will be able to get the size of block, the finish, you know, the beautiful kitchen and the bathrooms, the location, the premium suburb, and all the features that they want for the price that they're willing to pay. It always starts out like that. But invariably, that has to change. They either have to lower their expectations or increase their budget. And this is what I call budget fluidity. And the extent of that fluidity is driven to some degree by their desire to have what they want. And when it comes to your client and their budget fluidity, your job is to create the desire, not to worry about the price assumption. So focus your activity around creating that value and that desire. They might initially download your pricing or look at your website And that's either going to cause them to walk away and that's fine because they didn't appreciate the value in the first place. But if they appreciate the value, but the price doesn't immediately match their expectation, then there's a good chance there might be some budget fluidity in there and they will adjust that expectation to meet you and to be able to work with you. So if you're trying to price to give them all of the whistles and bells that they want and guess what they think they might need to pay, what their pricing assumption is, then I want you to adjust that and you stick with your pricing and they have to come to meet you or they simply can't afford you, but others can. Remember that because there are those people, the fourth group who have the budget and they say yes without hesitation. And those people, they are out there in spades. So you can't worry about putting any of these people off with your pricing. Instead, focus on finding the yes without hesitation people and the price fluid people by creating the offer and the desire that captivates them rather than worrying about the tire kickers and the agonizers who will ultimately be the thieves of your time, your profit and your joy, quite frankly. (laughs) In fact, You can only hope that you put them off at the get-go. You should be actively trying to put people off, I think is what I'm saying here. Because the right people won't be put off. The third reason that comes up a fair bit is that you feel embarrassed or a bit ashamed of your pricing. Is that embarrassment that it's too low or shame that it's too high? Either way, that's really not a reason. That's a challenge to get past. If you think your pricing is too low and you're embarrassed by that, then it's probably time to reassess and do some top-down pricing. So price based on your goals and your aspirations and the value that you create. Because if you think it's too low, it probably is. And if you think it's too high, then perhaps you need to work on your self-belief. 
Who is the designer you want to be? Is that a valuable in-demand designer? And how would they charge? Would you expect a creative leader to charge bargain basement prices? You wouldn't. So challenge your thinking and your self-belief on that. Because pricing and perceived value go hand in hand. And they sort of dovetail into each other. So perceived value and price should match. You can't charge the earth and offer a simple black and white type-based logo, perhaps unless you're Chris Doe, of course. And similarly, if you price too low, the perception of value might be low and you'll break yourself trying to make a profit. So pricing well creates a perceived value. It supports your value perception. So if you're feeling that embarrassment and shame because you don't have confidence in your pricing, work on your value perception and your value delivery. Work on that constantly. Put your prices up until people stop buying from you and then find a new audience. Price for the audience you want to work with, the work you want to create and the wealth you want, not for the audience that feels safe. So be proud of your pricing. Shout it from the rooftops because it's a value indicator when it's done right. And then the fourth reason that I hear for, oh, I don't want to be transparent, don't want to put my pricing on my website, is I'll be able to talk someone round if I get them on a discovery call. So if they see my pricing, they might get put off. But if I can get them on a discovery call, I'll be able to talk them round. And this is pretty simple. Do you really want to feel like it's an arm twisting exercise? Because it can feel so much better and lighter than that for everyone involved when there's transparency about pricing. You can make it a pretty straightforward yes rather than like you're selling the latest MLM scheme. (laughs) This is not about getting someone on a discovery call so you can sell them, twist their arm, talk them into it. You want them to be well on the way before you get there. So what have we got? We've got competitor anxiety with a bit of imposter syndrome and scarcity thrown in for good measure. Feelings of putting the wrong people off when we actually want to put the wrong people off. Price shame, don't want people to judge you because your pricing is either too low or too high. You don't really want to feel that vulnerable and exposed. Or the feeling you can do the old used car salesman trick on someone and get them, talk them round, get the sale. Is there anything I've missed? Is there anything I've missed? If you're thinking to yourself, I don't want to put my prices on my website. I'm not going to be that transparent. I'm not going to let my competitors and my prospective clients see it without me being able to explain it. What other reasons are you not doing it? Because the bottom line is, I actually couldn't think of a really compelling reason not to be completely transparent and upfront when it comes to pricing. There are plenty of downsides as well that you might actually put great people off because there isn't that transparency. They just don't know. And so there's that friction to be able to go and find out. They've got to book a call with you and have a whole discussion before they even know whether they can afford you or not. And then there's the time that you waste fielding inquiries, in discovery calls, and potentially even putting together proposals for someone who was never going to pay your fees. Now, I do want to go back to this bigger agency question though. Why don't they do it then? Because that is also an argument. Well, the big agencies don't have their pricing on their website, so why should I? Well, 
I think when it comes to big agency, I'm talking about the sort of medium to large sized agencies, I think price is less of a focus for three reasons. Those agencies have narrowed down their niche. They're really focused and they're really well known. So think luxury brand agencies or packaging agencies. They are focused on their niche so much so that people seek them out. And it's actually a very small pool of people. They're known for what they do. Very often at that agency level, each project is unique. So they do need to have bespoke pricing. So there's really no merit in having any kind of pricing on their website. What pricing are they going to give? Bear in mind as well, though, that those agencies also have the infrastructure to be able to do unique proposals each time. They have teams of account managers whose job it is to work with clients to define the scope and put together proposals. Whereas you don't. And when you're doing that, it's eating into your profit and your design time. And thirdly, more often than not, they're working with organisations that have brand and marketing budgets. Whereas designers like us that are working with small or solo businesses, those businesses are finding the budget. They've decided that this year they're going to invest in a rebrand and they've got to find that from somewhere. They didn't build it into the budget, get it signed off by the finance director. So budgeting for that is probably a bigger focus. So regardless of what the big agencies are doing, for everyone else, transparency pays off. The only exception to that is if you've created so much demand and understanding of your premium pricing that it's understood right off the bat. That people are seeking you out and they know that they're going to pay a premium. And then perhaps you don't need to worry as much about price transparency. I would also say that it doesn't have to be on your website. The key for me is that people can find out your offer, including your price, with minimum friction. That's the key. They can find out what they need to budget to work with you without having to sit in a meeting, jump through hoops, do six emails back and forth, fill in a form, whatever it might be. They can find that out quite easily. At some point... They need to know how much, regardless of how much desire you have or want to create. Whether they're in explore, comparison or decision phase, don't make it hard for them. My advice is get price out of the way so you can have a conversation based on value. Get price out of the way really early on in the customer journey. I personally... I'm a fan of an indication of pricing up front. So maybe from pricing, for example, on your website and then a downloadable proposal that talks to your value. Now, some people do question, why would you want an email address of someone who may or may not be able to afford or ultimately want to work with you? Now, if they've gone to the trouble of downloading your proposal document, then there is desire there. I've had people download my value proposal and come back to me even two years later to work together. Now, granted, my prices will have increased by then, but sometimes they're in planning phase. So they want to get an idea of price so they can put that into their budgeting for six, 12 months down the track. And other times it was aspirational for them and they spent time working towards essentially saving to work with me. 
so they were able to plan for it. So I was able to continue that conversation and stay in touch. If they decided they don't want to stay in touch, then they could unsubscribe. It's that simple. But if they go to the trouble of downloading something, then usually it's just a not right now. It's not necessarily a no. So it's a good opportunity to stay in touch with those people. So the simple process is pricing on your website, an indication or otherwise, but have something on your website that just sorts out the tire kickers straight away. Have a value proposal that can be downloaded and ensure that that proposal gets sent when someone books a discovery call. So if someone's gone to your website, maybe they've seen an indication of pricing and then they've gone and booked a discovery call, have an automated response that also sends them your proposal because again, it just ensures that you're on the same page before everybody commits time to that discovery call because they might have just not looked at your pricing. They might have just seen you on Instagram and gone straight and booked the discovery call. So you want to make sure that you get that proposal in front of them. Essentially, they don't get any of your time for free until you're sure you're on the same page when it comes to budget. If you're having a hit and miss discovery call conversion rate, if you do this, I almost guarantee that your conversion rate will improve significantly. So, yes, you should make your prices available without friction. That's the key. Think about what that means in your business and what feels comfortable to you. How are you going to make your pricing visible to potential clients without friction? No, I can't think of a good reason not to put them on your website, but it is a personal thing. So I'm not going to tell you what you should do. I'm just going to let you process and digest what we've just talked about. Yes, I think pricing visibility should be accompanied by value visibility. You can't just have any old pricing without also working on increasing your value and making your value very visible to your potential clients. And yes, I think it's an opportunity to connect with someone to add them to your email list, to start the conversation. Because it might just be a not right now situation. They might come back to you in the future. They might just want some visibility to help with their planning or their saving or their budgeting. So we're back where we started. If you don't share your pricing openly in your website, in at least a downloadable document that has minimal friction, ask yourself why. Is there a solid business reason or is there something else? So as always, thank you for listening to the C-Web podcast. I hope you found that episode valuable. Like I said, pricing on my website has been something that I have evolved and changed and wrestled with and had all these same conversations with myself. But where I've come to is... I don't want to waste any time on discovery calls when it's not right for either party because that's not good for anyone. And for me, my pricing is a value signal. I'm not the cheapest and I don't want to be and I don't want to attract the clients who are looking for that person either. So have an amazing day. Enjoy the rest of your week. and I can't wait to chat to you again really, really soon. Thank you so much for joining me, Beck Hughes, on the C Word podcast. 
If you'd like to know more about me and how we can work together, head on over to my website at beckhughes.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at beckhughesbranding. And if you like what you heard, subscribe, leave a review and share with your friends and business buddies who might like to listen in too. The music for this podcast is by Penguin Music on Pixabay.